and welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of the Disney Park Princess Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarah. I'm Heather. I'm Charla. And this week, we are going to continue our series on the Disney Wish with the public spaces on board the Disney Wish. And really, let me be clear, as far as I am concerned, we could do an entire episode on that lobby, and I would be happy because every picture and video I have seen, I can't, I can't wait to see it. Cannot it's wait. really pretty. It really uh, is. It's just so pretty. Okay, I can't wait. Anyway, so Heather's going to be telling us all about the lobbies, the lounges, the kids' clubs, all of the public sort of shared spaces on board the Disney Wish. Um, and I have lots of questions because I've I've looked at the deck plan. I see that the layout is a little different than it is on the other ships. And so mm -hmm. very different. Yeah. Yeah. But first up, we're going to do our Disney Park Princess hot take for the week. Uh, fair warning. This is a COVID discussion. <laughs> you don't want to hear about the current state of the world and the pandemic. Fast forward a few minutes. <laughs> so more specifically, we're going to be talking about the fact that Disney has removed the last of the COVID signage in Florida, in Walt Disney World. So whereas for the past, since they reopened in July of 2020, you know, there has been signage and sandwich boards and mask reminders and, you know, all kinds of stuff everywhere. It's all gone. All gone. Character meet and greets. So we're, we're, we're starting to experience Walt Disney World again in a I want to say post-COVID, but we're not post-COVID. And so here we are. And, and, and that's it. And now we're in it. Okay. So <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> I mean, my, my county, although no one is following it, my county is back to mandating masks. So it's odd to me that a, such a public place like Walt Disney World is removing things you know with so many people around it's just it's just odd to me that they're doing that because of i don't know liability for lack of a better word um it doesn't seem like people who are going um it matters to them but i still feel like why don't they have signs up i don't know yeah does that make sense yeah i feel like i'm I, I don't know because I personally don't want to be in Florida without a mask. I don't trust people. I, people are still getting COVID when they come back from Walt Disney World. Um, but at the same time, on the flip side, I feel like at some point we do have to start moving back to quote unquote normal life. When is that? I don't know. I'm still not comfortable moving that way, but we can't just walk around in masks forever or can we? I don't know. Or can so I, or can I don't, we? I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what the answer is here. I'm not surprised Walt Disney World has been pretending there hasn't been a pandemic for about a year and a half now. So <laughs> I'm surprised that they've had the signs up this long. And yeah. I don't think it really bothers me because let's face it, the signs weren't doing anything anyway. Like any, you know, anybody yeah. who's been to Florida it within the last, I mean, I went just a few months after it opened in 2020. And, you know, even though they had the the social distancing markers and the signs and the hand-washing stations, nobody paid attention to any of that. Like, cast members were constantly having to remind people to put their masks on and move away from each other. And so the fact that there was like a handful of signs left, like, what did they do anyway? Nobody has been listening to that there. So to me, I don't know. I know that we do have to start moving back towards normal life um, the COVID is here to stay. It's going to be here forever. It just, it just is. Um, 
But at the same time, like, I personally don't like being at Walt Disney World. So I try, like, I'm canceling my trip there this year. I don't want to go and deal with those crowds and, and risk getting sick. So I'm choosing not to vacation there. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, we still we still wore masks uh, when we were there in June. Mm-hmm. And I felt a lot more comfortable just because of the crowd space. Um, but that's us. You know, most you still see them. So if you're going... And you feel more comfortable in a mask. You're not going to be the only people there with masks. But there are fewer people yeah. for sure than, than there there have been. Um, but my question is, if they are removing COVID signs and signage and things like that, why are they still making you make a theme park reservation and not allowing you to park hop until 2 p.m.? Preach, Sharla, preach. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I don't, we don't need to get into a debate about whether they should have the signs up or whatever when that, that's, I think that's more of a personal choice at this point. However, I don't understand all of this reservations and theme park and park hopping. Especially given care. the crowd levels currently. So like right. they're making people make a park reservation and the crowds are, the parks this summer are mobbed. Yeah. I mean, and way more they, mobbed than they, they have been open, in previous summers when they right. didn't have park reservations. When they so what's reopened, the point? yeah, when they reopened, I get it because they're they are try, they were trying to control the crowds. Right, they they were, it was reduced capacity. Right, so it I, made sense. I totally get that, but I haven't understood it in the past year for sure. Yeah. Um, it's as a person who has traveled to Walt Disney World a couple of times, and as a travel planner who does this professionally, I do not understand it. It is it's real annoying. <laughs> to, I mean, and that that two o'clock p.m. park hopper thing is also ridiculous. It's also yeah. I mean, at this that's, point, that's if, a big the, the park hopper thing is a big one for me. And they and it, I've had you, last, you didn't reduce the cost of the park hopper option, yes. but now I somehow get six less hours at a park. Yeah, you know. yeah. And I have been I have been asked by several clients, are they? A real stickler for that 2 p.m. Yes, they are. We yes, we, they are. we arrived at Disney's Hollywood Studios back in December at 155 or 157, something like that, and they would not let us in. Yep. We, had, we had to move over to the side and wait. Yeah. So. I guess my thing is, you know, like Heather said, COVID is here to stay, and that's just the reality of it. Um, I don't see it so much as a return to normal. I see it as a moving forward to what our new normal should be and I feel like keeping some some signage up just a reminder for people because I know like sometimes like I'm still wearing masks in stores and things I just you know came to the eye doctor I had a mask on the whole time you know um and I know like I'll be walking into a store with my mother or something and she'll have forgotten to put her mask on or whatever and she'll see the sign on the door and be like oh oh, oh that's right you know and they're not mandatory in my area right now they're voluntary but just the reminder as you're walking in sometimes helps people like oh yeah yeah you know what I do want to wear a mask um, and you'll see this a lot in Asia and Korea, you know, when we were there, like, you know, this is pre-pandemic, you know, we've talked about this before in Asia and a lot of parts of Asia, it's customary to wear a mask if, when you have any symptoms, if you have a cold or the flu or, you know, you would just wear a mask. And so to me, that seems like just good thinking going yeah. forward. <laughs> you know? That requires yeah. a cultural shift too, because like you said, when I was in China, it was the exact same way. And I was always like, why would you wear those? But they have so, like, 
it's just the way their culture thinks, like, I'm going to take care of everyone else. I'm not going to spread these germs. And that has not been our culture. And so trying to get everybody who has never had to do this before think like that, I think that's a really hard thing. And I don't know how we make that shift. Yeah, Um, it's such an interesting discussion, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people think like, oh, well, it's because they don't want to get sick. No, no, no. Typically, pre-pandemic, if you saw somebody wearing a mask in Asia, it it might be partly because they don't want to get sick, but it was probably more likely that they had some type of symptom, a sniffle, a sneeze, or whatever, and they're protecting those around them. Yeah. So it's 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 like a complete 180 sort of mind shift from mm-hmm. our thinking, which is I want to protect myself, yeah, to I want to protect the people around me, which has right. been the hardest thing with COVID for me. I was just having this conversation with somebody I know the other day. And her attitude was, well, I, you know, COVID's not going to stop us. We're going to continue to travel. We're going to continue to do whatever. We're going to, you know, we just hope we don't get it. Um, which, okay, fine. I get it. That's your opinion. My response to that was, for me, it's given what I have been through over the last year and a half, I want to make sure I don't cause anybody else around me to go through what I went through. Mm-hmm. I want to protect the people around me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, and like you said, Heather, it's, that's a cultural thing, you know? Absolutely. Well, I mean, think how many of us like in the past, not even COVID wise, went to work when we had a cold or the flu because. Oh, that's like, a, it's like a thing to brag about. Like yeah, the pre-pandemic. So was that, you know, sick. I worked 12 hours with a whatever, you know? And it's like, yeah. why, why are we doing, not only doing that to ourselves, why are we doing that to everyone else? You can get everyone else sick, but the yes. mentality, at least in this country is we have to work hard. We have to do this. Who cares? Like there's never the discussion of what if I get my coworker sick? Nobody right. thinks. We, in this culture, we do not think about the other, we think about ourselves. Um, I'm gonna work really hard, I'm gonna make it to the top, I'm gonna do this, I don't care if I'm sick, I don't care, like nobody thinks about other. And some of that is also the employer, you know, so it's not But But I mean, we start this with kids, right? You Mm -hmm. reward children for perfect attendance. Yeah. Yeah. Which typically means you sent your kid to school sick repeatedly. I think and it's probably just, infected other kids. Like, I, th- why, why are we setting up that expectation? I don't know, but like, even other, this is so, we're so off the topic now, but like other yeah. cultures that are, you know, like grandma and grandpa live with us or like the whole town raises my child type right. of situation. Like other cultures have a community that we don't hear in the United States. Like it's just, it's just the way our culture is. We don't yeah. really like build up this little community or have multi-generational families right. living together. And so I think that also plays into it because nobody's out here looking out for everybody else down the street. Type, of Which situation. brings us back to sort of the Disney of it all, because a huge company like Disney by continuing to put signs up to remind people to be courteous of others is, I think, one of the ways that we could shift our mindset in this country um, through pop culture, through popular tourist destinations. If the large companies sort of lead the way, you know, that is one of the ways that you could maybe change people's minds. And so for me, that's why I was disappointed to see them removing the signs because I felt like, oh, all right, well, <laughs> Yeah, I guess we're just acting yeah. like this isn't happening anymore. Yeah. Meanwhile, almost everybody I know that traveled in the month of July, except Heather, came home with COVID. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. Well, and unfortunately, this, as so many things are right, like lately, has become a political situation instead of a public health situation. Mm-hmm. And 
that's the unfortunate thing about it. And therefore, some people are more likely to wear masks and some people are not because they feel like it's such a political thing. And that's that's what's wrong with it. But yeah, it, yeah. which is really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Oh. It, and here it is, you know, August of 2022, and we are still having these conversations. <laughs> I saw somebody today wearing a mask with it under her nose. And I was like, it's been two and a half years. Right. Like, why Come even on. bother at this why, point? Why Do you bother? not know? It, like, it does not work if you do that. And I, I don't say anything because it's it's been two and a half years. Oh, oh, I saw somebody say, <laughs> this is really funny. We were, um, we went to the Hollywood Bowl um, a few weeks ago for a show. And we took a shuttle from our, from the LA Zoo over to the Hollywood Bowl. So we wouldn't have to drive and park and all of those things. Um, and on the shuttle, uh, a man had taken off his mask because Masks are not required in L.A. County right now, except for on public transportation. And this mm-hmm. was considered public transportation. So he had taken off his mask to take a sip of his water bottle and he didn't put it back on. And the woman sitting behind me just started getting really huffy. And she's talking to the person sitting next to her like, doesn't he know the rules? These are the rules. He has to have those on. Should I say something? I don't know. Her friend's like, I don't know. Like, be careful if you say something, because, of course, as women, that's what you have to think about, whether or not it's okay to say something. Yeah. And so she did. She got up and she said something like, I'm sorry, sir, please put your mask back on. It's the rule. And and he did. Like, he wasn't upset with her or anything. He's like, oh, okay, sorry, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it was so funny to see something, because I would be too afraid to say something to somebody. Yeah, to put their mask I, I would have been the passive aggressive person behind you, like talking loudly in the hopes that they heard me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess some people just don't feel the need to follow the clearly posted rules. <laughs> and it's so funny because we almost forgot our masks. We were dashing out of the house, and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! We have we're we're going on the the shuttle. It's public transportation. Let's get our masks." And Justin whispers to me, "He's like, good thing you remembered the masks." She does <laughs> Don't be that guy. <laughs> Well, anyway, so that does it for, we'll wrap up this hot take portion of our podcast, but those are our thoughts on Disney removing sort of the last of the COVID signage from Walt Disney World. What are your thoughts? You can email us at info at DisneyParkPrincess.com or of course, continue the conversation on our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash Disney Park Princess. Um, coming up next, we are going back to our coverage of the Disney Wish. Um, I I am just over 30 days away. I am so excited. I'm so excited. Um, knock on wood that everybody tests negative and we're able to get on board and all that stuff, but uh, stay tuned. All right. Heather. Yes. I need to know every single detail about the lobby. Oh my gosh, it's so pretty. It's so pretty. In fact, before we started recording, I was editing um, a picture of the lobby to use as our social media post for this episode. And I was like, oh gosh, it's just so, it's just gorgeous. It's it's all my colors, which is why I like it. It's white and gold and purple and blue, and it's so bright and airy, um, but it still feels like a Disney Cruise Line lobby. Like it kind of has the same layout. It's just a little bigger and grander and new colors. Um, But I think I mentioned last week that there's a stage now in the lobby that they do little shows on. This is also where if it's raining out while you do your sail away party, this is where it'll be. So it's kind of become a new space, a performance space that they can use as they need to. Now, is um, there still an entrance to one of the dining rooms in the lobby or? Yes, 1923. Okay. Um, 
But what I think is cool about The Wish is that you had hinted at this in the beginning is that it's laid out differently from all the other Disney ships. So instead of going up and down the sides of the like the uh, the ship, like your hallways are in the middle now, not the sides of the ship. Um, so you walk through the middle of the ship and it actually and then sometimes they'll like kind of they they figure eight in and out. So sometimes you're walking in the middle of the ship and sometimes you're on the outside and it it just kind of gives more life to the mm-hmm. ship, um, which I really like. So the lobby, instead of being one, two stories, it's now three stories. Um, so it's a lot more open. There's um, a balcony that the characters can kind of hang off of and wave to you. Uh, hang so that, off of. <laughs> they were like I'm hanging off. goofy by like, like dangling by <laughs> one. <Yeah>. But <laughs> it adds just more room and air and breath to the space. There's a lot more movement to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, of course, the grand staircase, but now it it's two. So from the upper decks, there's two staircases that meet on the deck below. So it'll start on deck four, um, and then they kind of meet in the middle, and then down to deck three is one. And so it's really cool because you have two different ways to kind of come and go as you please. Um, and then 19- I tell you how desperately I want somebody to get married so that they can do their photo shoot in that. Right? Like, I just. It's so, it's like the Grand Floridian stairway, but instead it's in the center instead of hidden off in the corner. And it's just, it's so pretty. Um, There's characters around all the time. You have the entrances to 1923. Like I mentioned last week, it's sort of two separate restaurants, even though it's Mm -hmm. a restaurant. Um, So those are there. And then depending on the floor you're on as well, you would have guest services. You would have um, the future cruise desk. You have Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique there. On each, on levels four and five, there is a little cafe that is a coffee shop during the day, but then also kind of a bar at night so Mm -hmm. that you can sit there with your glass of wine or your cappuccino and just watch, you know, characters doing meet and greets or people coming and going. They have these beautiful pink lounge, not lounge chairs, they're couches that just kind of like, they're almost like chaise lounges where you can sit and watch people or this is, you know, a meeting place waiting for the rest of your group to come. So there's a lot of activity in the lobby where there Mm -hmm. isn't normally. And I really like that because at one point I, it was, I was waiting for the person I was traveling with and I just got myself a glass of wine and I sat there for a half an hour and just watched people go by. And it was like a never ending stream of people, which is unusual for a Disney ship. So I really liked that. And then there's the chandelier. I can't, like I'm dying to see it in person. I love it so much. It's so pretty, so pretty. Um, And it's, like it almost becomes a character itself in the ship like it's just huge it's there it's so big um and there's little secrets that happen with the chandelier and i'm not going to tell you you can go read my blog post i was about to say go read the blog for the secrets yeah this is why why i'm sitting back because i kind of don't want to know any of the stuff until i am able to see it so i'm just trying to hang up now I was about to say, if you want to hang up now, go right ahead. I'm going to have to listen to it when I edit it anyway, so it's fine. (laughs) I'm sorry, Charlotte, this this is full of spoilers, but whatever. (laughs) Um, But yes, it's a beautiful, beautiful um, lobby with the chandelier. And then there's also another 
um, fun little, I can't, I'm not going to call it a secret, but a fun little surprise on the third floor of the lobby is one of the entrances into the kids club. Um, which is a one story slide down into um, into the kids clubs. Adults are allowed to try it on the first day. It was so much fun. I did it five times in a row. <laughs> loved it. Um, it's also Alice in Wonderland themed. So that made me happy. Um, but what's really cool about it is that it's it's hidden kind of like mm-hmm. you could walk right past it and not realize what that is. So I yeah. thought that was really neat. Um, like you really kind of have to look for it to say, oh, oh, there, there's the slide. That's what that is. I have I have a question. Are we are we just calling it the lobby or has Disney called it the lobby? Because on the other ships, it's the atrium. atrium. It's the I atrium. It, that's just it's me. a it's a lobby. It's a lobby. But yes, I mean, I don't want to go on this cruise and be corrected by a cast member. So. I, I'm sure it's called the atrium. I'm sure it's, it's probably the, the it's the atrium, but it, it, for all intents and purposes, it is a lobby. I know, and I've called it the lobby for. I mean, it's a lobby, but like other ships have like the Royal Promenade or all this other things. But yeah, how many times do I call it? You know, lobbies. <laughs> I know. I wanted to know the real name. Um, I will say it's not as lively as the Royal Promenade on the Royal Caribbean ships, but I kind of oh, like that. I don't that. think anything's as <laughs> no, no, but I like that because it's it's lively without being loud. Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah, all right. Um, so yeah, so why don't now, we is start it similar to other ships where like at night that's where they do like the photo shoots and like the yes. you know character meet and greets and yes, okay, yes. Um, and the character meet and greets are on all levels, so okay. you could be down on deck three. It could be on four or five overlooking the bottom of the atrium. Um. It just depends on that day where they're going to put them. Um, but yes, on level three is where I saw all like the, the photo backdrops and things like that. I did. A, okay. I had a very fun interaction with Sassy Miss Daisy there <laughs> one day. She is fantastic. Um, interestingly enough, and I don't know if this will be the case by the time you guys get there, but they were still doing um, socially distant character meet and greets. Like they had a spot when I was meeting with Daisy. Oh, you still have uh, no character hugs, huh? I don't know. I like. I feel like when people were meeting with Mickey in my mind, I think I see them hugging, but I don't really remember because I didn't go and do that meet and greet. But when I mm. was doing it with Daisy or anyone else downstairs, like they had a marker on the floor and they say, okay, go stand here. And Daisy would be behind you or whomever was there at that time. And you would pose like, and they would pose behind you situation. It. Like it okay. was a oh, great, in, it was a great interaction. Like she was super sassy and fun and like, it was really cool. Um, but there at no point were we allowed to go hug her. So I, I don't we just know. talk about the fact that Daisy is one of the most, I feel underrated character being greets like in everywhere. Cause Daisy is, I don't care which park you're in. Daisy is sassy. Oh, yeah. she's fantastic. Fantastic. She is my new favorite character to meet. Like she, like she interacts with you like a face character would interact yeah. with you. Like she gets into it. It's not just a smile and a pose. Like she's, right. She's great. Um, but yeah, so I'm curious to see if that'll be different by the time you get on there. I don't know if that was just a thing for, you know, trying stuff out or if that's still their protocol. Right. We will report back. I like it that it's such a a big area because it does seem pretty crowded on the other ships sometimes. Yeah. You know, when they have, especially when they have all the characters out and all the uh, photo the backdrops and everything out. Yeah, trying so. to get through there, like, around dinner time is... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remember when we had 
we were on that Halloween on the High Seas cruise, and we had to be inside on the magic, and it was crowded. It was, yeah, you were crammed in there cheek by jowl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's nicer that it's a bigger space. for. What I like about the Wish is that they've definitely changed the layout of the ship, which is great. Um, But also, it's a bigger ship, but they have the same passenger capacity as the Fantasy and the Dream. So you have more room to move around. They increase the space, but not the people, which is nice. So let's talk about, from what I understand, what is missing from the lobby. Like Like a big thing that's missing i don't know what are we talking about the elevators there's no midship elevators um mm, yes there is because the forward elevators are more midship so there's not an elevator like right in the lobby that's where the the stage is Mm -hmm. but you kind of just walk behind that and they're right there (laughs) okay so but there's only but 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 there are only two banks of elevators not three correct yes okay Mm -hmm. well i never felt like i was walking that far for an elevator though but yeah my first day i was like wait a minute is this midship or is this forward i don't mm, mm." but there is only two elevator banks oh can i talk about the elevators here is a cool thing a very cool thing that disney did in fact they were still trying to work out the kinks on this on my cruise um you don't have to touch the elevator buttons now you just wave your hands in front of them and it lights up and it knows okay she wants to go up or she wants floor 10 whatever it may be you don't have you can touch them but you don't have to um but was what was really funny was during the preview cruises people would like lean against them like you do in an elevator you lean against the wall and not realizing that even though they may not be touching the wall so all of the buttons would like like elf um so they had before my cruise tried to put on like a, a coating to kind of like dim it. And they said that worked for like a day or two. And so what they wound up doing, in fact, they were doing it like the morning I was getting off the ship. Like they had one day to put all these in. There's a little box around them. So it, it you'll get on there and you won't think anything of it because it looks so unobtrusive, but it's just enough, like an inch to keep people away from it. So it doesn't activate oh, all the buttons. Funny. Okay. Funny. But I thought that was so cool that you just like you wave your fingers in front of the button and it goes on, which is great in a COVID world. And also cruise lines in general are very germy. So now you don't have to touch those. Um, Well, I know that this is more of the size of the dream and the fantasy, but the magic and the wonder do only have the two banks of elevators. So it's going to be it could be interesting on embarkation and debarkation days. I will say I never waited for I, I never waited for an elevator. Even on deparkation day, I was up on deck 10 and I pushed a button and got in that elevator first shot within two minutes. Like nice. I, okay. I never waited. Good. Now, okay. again, it was a preview cruise. It wasn't at full capacity, but I don't, I don't think I really didn't see an issue at all with the elevator. Like at no point was I like, oh, I'll just get the next one. I mean, you know, Disney has done a cajillion studies on capacity and elevators and all this stuff so yeah excellent okay so that's the lobby but the elevators uh how about some of like the the public spaces like the lounges or like the family areas or you know anywhere else where people might gather well do we want to talk about the kids clubs or yeah well you know what yes let's do the kids clubs because we were just talking about the slide Let's leave the lounges for last because those were fantastic. Um, <laughs> so the kids clubs, I, now 
I don't normally frequent the kids clubs because I don't have children, um, but I have been in all of them on the other ships and they're really nice. These, however, are so cool. Like I, I just feel like Disney went above and beyond and all of them are located in different areas of the ship. So none of the kids clubs, save for the Oceaneers Club and the nursery, are right next to each other. Like, mm-hmm. Everybody's kind of got their own space on the ship, which I thought was really cool. Um, the Oceaneers Club is amazing. Like, I want to be a child. Um, they have these really beautiful murals in the hallways outside of the kids clubs. And they're kind of Mary Blair-esque. Like, they're in that vein of art but mm-hmm. they're themed to the different areas of the club. So the nursery has a small world section and then there's a Mickey and Friends section uh, on the mural. Um, and then for the Oceaneers, there was um, an Alice in Wonderland section, uh, Star Wars, Marvel, like it, but all in Mary Blair style, which I thought was so cute. But those are outside of the club, so anybody can go there and take your pictures. They're adorable. You should go see them. Um, but Oceaneers Club has one, two, three, four, for five different spaces. They are themed to the princesses, Mickey and friends. There's a a, a Marvel Avengers Academy area. There is a Star Wars creatures area. You can go hang out with a porg if you want to. Um, (laughs) They had an area where you can become an Imagineer and like create your own theme park rides all of that stuff. Um, so like it's, it's really creative and it's not, they have some rooms with video games and things like that, but they're really trying here to get the kids engaged and mm-hmm. whatever storyline that they might gravitate towards, there's something fun to do. And it just, it looked like such a fun space. Um, so I'm sure all the little ones, like, it's going to be packed, so you'll never see your children. Yeah. <laughs> did you Did you notice if they had a magic play floor? Um, I did not see one. No, okay. I didn't see one. So it's just such a huge hit on, and I just wondered if they had one. I didn't see one. I know the big deal um, was the the game in the Avengers Academy, um, the Star Wars room, and then also the Imagineering room because yeah. they also have like little simulators. So after you design your ride, you can go ride it. I cool. mean. I, I want to design my own ride so badly. Like I've never wanted to be a kid so badly as when I saw them announce that I was like, man, they have like the coolest spaces. And then just as adults, you can always go on the first afternoon of the cruise and kind of tour the the kids clubs and houses. Yeah. And it is so worth it to go down there and look just for yourselves. I don't care if you don't have kids because the the details that are in each space, kids aren't going to appreciate this. They're gonna, it's going to be way over their head. They're going to have no idea, but like they even have props from the movies. Like in the Avengers Academy, they have a lot of the Black Panther uh, costumes and things like that. So it's, if you're a Disney fan, it's worth it to go down there and just look around while the open house is going on. So cool. Um, and then the teens and the preteens have their own space. The preteen space I don't know. It was cool. I thought it was fine. There was a ton of kids in there having fun and playing games. They seemed to like it. You know, they had a a movie screen, video games, uh, different activities that were going on. Um, It was fine. I wasn't impressed with it. But the the team space, I thought, was incredible. Like, I wanted to hang out there. I was jealous that I couldn't hang out there. (laughs) Um, And it's decorated like a city loft 
you know, like they have this fake exposed brick and giant windows that look out onto the pool deck and they have um, the video game area with the beanbag chairs and then sofas that they want to, if you want to sit and hang out and talk to your friends and a giant movie screen. Um, and then they have like, like a, a communal desk that looks out over the pool where they have like books that teach you how to draw the characters. And then in the back of the team space, they call it the alcove, I think is what it was called. Um, and it's, not really hidden, but it's kind of hidden around the corner. And it's got a dance floor and a DJ booth and a bar. So they have like help yourself sodas and you can get smoothies up there. And it's like a place for like at night, it's going to be a nightclub for the teens type of situation. That's and cool. it just, they can, if they want to learn how to DJ, they're going to do that with them. And I just, it, it was a very cool place to hang out. And I mm -hmm. can see kids feeling really adult and special being in there. It was it was a place that I wanted to be and it had a lot of like Disney pop art and street art. It was very well done, I thought. Love it. Yeah, so it was cute. Um, and I'm sure that the tween space is fine too, but it wasn't as cool as the teen space. <laughs> you know, I think with the tween, like they're, they're in that age for such a short period of time, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. They're going to spend the money more on the two, you know, sort of ends of the spectrum. And then I think above the the teen space was the, oh, I'm going to say this wrong because I can't think of the name of it. It's the hero, the hero something, hero area. And it's basically a big, and it, it's open for everyone, but there are certain times of the day where it's for everyone, for tweens and for teens. And it's basically the a gym. It's a two-story uh, athletics area. There's basketball court in there up on the upper level. They have the sofas. hero zone, hero zone. That's it. The hero something hero zone. And so you can come in there, you can play basketball, you can play soccer. They have foosball tables. Um, they have like the little shuffleboard tables, lots of couches to lounge on, sit and hang out. Um, so it's a good athletic space, a place to run and, and jump and do all of that. But once or twice cruise, this is where they turn it into the Increda zone which is the giant inflatable uh, obstacle course. And it's so much fun. It was so much fun. Now they have times where anybody can do it. So if mom and son want to race against each other, or the whole family wants to go, but then they have times that are just for the kids too. And it becomes a party there for them. But it it was huge. This thing was so big. It oh my God, I'm the, looking at pictures. This is incredible. <laughs> so to speak. It took up the entire entire floor space of the hero zone and it's just this huge inflatable obstacle course two people go at a time and it, just sitting up on the upper level and watching people go is really where you want to be that's the happy <laughs> that's 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 the sweet spot for me yeah like especially if you want to make a night of it you get yourself a glass of wine your favorite cocktail you go in there and you sit upstairs and you just especially the adults watching the adults race the kids is it's just my happy space. Like it was so funny. People are falling. They can't get up. They can't get through this. People are getting stuck in the little tubes. Oh my God, it's a place fantastic. to go to have a laugh. Like it's fun to do too, but it's more fun to laugh at the people doing it. <laughs> Love it. And that again, one more reason for me not to be on the inflatable. <laughs> <laughs> so as to not be providing entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was very cool it was it was a lot of fun um and you know most cruise lines have that that 
athletic space, but I like that Disney put this one indoors because then it's air conditioned. Air conditioned. Yes. Uh, all right. So what's next? Um, oh gosh, let's talk about the pool deck because in my mind I'm upstairs now. Um, the pool deck is really cool. It's like three stories depending on where you are. So there's the main pool deck and then forward has its own pool deck and aft has its own pool deck. So um, some of it is for families, some of it is just for adults. Um, and then of course there's the aqua mouse. So, you know, they still have the funnel vision. They have the toy story splash zone for the little ones, which is really, really big. It's bigger than on any other ship. And it was really cute. Um, you know, for toddlers to kind of run and splash. They have a little mini slide in there and, and all of that. And it was constantly packed. Like everybody was in there with their little ones. Um, and then there's the main pool that gets covered up into a dance floor for the pirates party. And then okay. there's um, two other pools halfway up. Like they utilized a staircase and put a bigger pools on either side of it. I want to say they're called the Donald and Daisy pools, but I might just be making that up in my mind. Um, <laughs> but so they really spread out the pool space and there's more pool space than, um, than on any other ship. There's uh, a chip. It's called the Chippendale pool. And it's, this is my secret to all of you. Go ahead. What? Nothing. Just Chippendale's my brain went <laughs> <laughs> somewhere else. This is what I have to deal with, people. You hear her? Um, this is a PG podcast. I'm all sweet news. <laughs> this is the Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale. Dale. Got it. Cool. Um, and it's, this is my tip for everybody. This place is so hidden. It's up two decks from the main level. I can't remember if it's forward and aft. I kept getting turned around. Um, but it's got a huge sun deck, tons of shade. There's two lifeguards up there, a really big pool with a waterfall wall where you can kind of sit and like put your back on the wall and you're getting hit with like a gentle waterfall um, and nobody knows it's there. It's completely empty. So if you want a pool to yourself, this is where you go. Nice. It, it was so nice, um, completely removed from the rest of the pool deck, very quiet and it's for families. So it's not adults only, um, but it, that's the best kept secret, I think, on the wish is that that pool area there. And then, of course, there's the uh, quiet cove area of the ship, which is adults only. And I really, really love what they did with this. There is the quiet cove cafe, which is the coffee shop. And, you know, it was packed in there. And it was always like it has a really cool um, like New Yorky vibe with what they did with it. It's very quiet. It's I wouldn't say dark, but it's dimmer than mm -hmm. being right off out, you know, with the big windows and it's just got this really chill feel in there. So if you need to get your fancy coffee fix and you just want a quiet space to read or maybe you have to do a little work, it's a very nice place to hang out. Um, and then just outside the Quiet Cove is the adults only area. They have the Quiet Cove bar um, with its own cocktail menu, completely separate from the rest of the ship. They have this shaded lounge area. It is not very big. So if this is where you want to spend your time, you want to go first thing in the morning. Um, and then they have a hot tub and an infinity pool, which I thought was so cool. And it's constantly packed. This You're never going to have this alone. But oh my gosh, it was the prettiest thing. It, like they have lounge chair or I guess 
a, a lounging ledge in the pool. Mm-hmm. It's it's very deep, so it can go up like it was up to my like my shoulders, which was nice. I because usually adult pools don't get that deep, and I really like you can submerge yourself and you can be you know cool off as opposed to it just being up to your your shins or something. Um, so you can like you could really like swim around in there. You can sit down and relax. You can hang out in the hot tub. Um, and I, I just I found it so much better than any of the other adult spaces on the other ships. And then there's also a second level to it. You, you know, go around the corner from the bar, you walk up the stairs. It is the smoking area, but nobody yeah. is ever there. So you could very easily find somebody smoking in one chair, walk around the to the other side and sit down and you don't even smell the smoke. So I did that a couple of times because I was working. I just brought my laptop up there and you have this beautiful view. We were docked at Castaway Key at one point and I went up there and just sat up there and stared out at the islands while I answered some emails. So that's a hidden gem as well. Love it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Oh wait, no. Hold on. We have to talk about the Aqua Mouse. I was about to say we didn't talk about the Aqua Mouse. <laughs> yes. Literally where I was going. (laughs) Okay. First of all, either go first thing in the morning or go when it's in port, not at Nassau. Go when it's in Castaway Key because there is a wait. Like, I saw this thing get up to two-hour wait, and that was with a not-full ship. Um, But it was so much fun. It was so much fun. It is so short. It is a lot shorter than the Aqua Duck. Um, So just keep that in mind. It's not a long ride, but it is a fun one. And so Disney is calling this the first attraction at sea. I feel that that is a little bit of an exaggeration, Disney. Um, (laughs) It is still very much a water slide, but it's very cool. There's a lot of details in it, a ton of details. So ride it a couple of times and like, you know, after your first time, really start to pay attention to your surroundings. But on the conveyor belt that takes you up, it the conveyor belt is the longest part of the ride. It takes about a minute and a half to from when you get into your little raft and you get up to the part where you're sent down the slide. Um, but there's video screens in there and um, it's the Fab Five and a situation is happening. It's kind of like the Mickey Mouse cartoons that are on Disney Channel right now. Um, but whatever, I'm not going to tell you what's going on in the videos, but as you're progressing up the the conveyor belt, the situation escalates, things happen to you in accordance to what's happening on the screen. Mm -hmm. And then you're sent out through this little slide. You're in the dark and then you're out in the sun and then you're over the ship and you're back on the ship. Um, It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. I did it a couple of times. I wouldn't, you know, it's, it's over in two minutes. Like the actual slide part, I think takes 30 seconds or left, but it, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. All right. And then on the main pool, um, like I know on the other ships, there's like, you know, like the Mickey glove slide or whatever. Is is there a, there's another slide. I didn't ride it because okay. I don't know. The aqua mouse is cooler. Um, right. but yes, there is another slide there, okay. um, kind of off to the side. Awesome. Okay, cool. All right. Let's move on to the lounges. Oh my God. They're the best things in the world. I, <laughs> so they have oh gosh how many there's like six or seven of them and they're all different themes but what i like on the wish is that some of the lounges are hidden away behind doors others are right out in the open um which gives life to the ship because if you see somebody sitting and playing music you're going to sit down and listen to it versus oh i don't i don't have time to stop in there and see what's going on so 
they have one called the Bayou, which is themed after, obviously, the princess and the frog. And I think it's the prettiest lounge. It's just, it's got a stage. They have performances there. They, it looks like you're under a canopy of trees with twinkling lights that are kind of like a nod to Ray, the fireflies. Um, I was about to say, please tell me that the Ray is well represented. He is. And there's fun, Excellent. like, little statues and everything. It's just, it's beautiful. And every lounge has its own menu so it is if you like a cocktail it is worth stopping in each one to see what they have available um because a lot of them come with shows too like special effects which i am a sucker for so of course i spent way too much money on cocktails because i had to see yeah after last week i immediately googled what was in the rose and sadly i cannot (laughs) have it but But so the bayou is all themed to Louisiana. They sell beignets. Um, they ju- I'm just gonna stop it right, stop you right there. They looked awful. Like they oh, just no, looked like. T- oh no! Don't tell me that. Oh no! They well, looked though, awful. Oh, so sad. Unless they they have took the feedback in, like they were basically just cakes. They were not beignets. The woman I was traveling with is from New Orleans, and she's like, "Yeah, no, that is not a beignet." And like even I knew that was not a beignet. Oh, um, no. And then we talked to people who were eating them, and they're like, "It's not very good." But so they have them. They're not good, but they have them. Mm. Um, But, you know, they have, like, uh, the Abita Beer Company there and um, uh, all different sorts of drinks themed after New Orleans. So that's a fun place to stop. And that's one of the open-air ones. The shops are on either side of it. So, you know, people are coming and going. And it's a good place. It's a good meeting point, too, if you're you're traveling with different families. Um, And then right across from the bayou is the hyperspace lounge and this is obviously this was the big one everybody was couldn't wait for this one um i i'm not you know i'm not a star wars fan so i didn't really care i didn't think it was that spectacular i think ogas is more fun because they Mm -hmm. have wrecks um but if you are a star wars fan you will love this place it's kind of I'm going to say this and not many people are going to know what I'm talking about, but it reminds me very much of the Skyline Bar at the Hotel New York in Disneyland Paris, where well, and there's the Skyline Lounge and other one of the other ships, right? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that, too. Um, it's a little bit more like the one in Paris because instead, yes, the Skyline changes, but then you also have like friends that'll stop by every once in a while and like those okay. little Easter eggs for Star Wars people. Um the woman I was with was losing her mind. She thought this was the greatest thing in the planet. Um, your menu is on an iPad and it like, you know, they have the Star Wars font. And and so, I don't know. It was cool. I don't, personally don't need to go back. But if you are a Star Wars fan, you're going to love this place. You're going to love it. And then. Right, moving next, on because none of us really care. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everybody. Sorry if, you're, sorry if you're a huge Star Wars fan. We're just, you'll you'll just need really to go. Big. You'll have to go book a, a cruise on the Wish and find out for yourself. The next one, though, is my favorite one. My very favorite. It's called Nightingales, uh, which is a nod to Cinderella. And it's behind closed doors. It's a piano bar. It is very small. Very, very small. But very chic, classy. Like, lots of pink and blue and gold velvet. They have a chandelier that looks like bubbles surrounded by music notes. Like, it's just... It is the prettiest lounge I've seen Disney do in a while. 
Like it's definitely prettier than the rose upstairs, uh, but it's very, very small. And this is the one with the drinks that were the most theatrical. So, you know, you they have your beers and your wines and they can make your classic cocktails, but they have a list of about 10 different specialty cocktails. Um, some, and they are, it, they're so cool. So they're, the menu is broken down into three sections, bubbles, smoke, um, and air. And each of the cocktails in that section um, has an effect to do with that. So like a smoking cocktail would smoke um, it, and they're all served in crazy glasses. Um, the, the nightingale is the, the signature one and it comes in a, a glass shaped like a nightingale um, and it kind of like flies through the air to you. There was one drink where it, the drink is encased in an ice ball and you have to break the ice ball into the glass and then it like cascades over um there was a lot of drinks where they something would happen and it would smoke or like they would float a bubble of smoke on top of your drink and then you would pop the bubble and it, like smoke would rise through the air it, the, the the artistry in this bar in the space in the drinks I, it's incredible and then you have your piano player who is so talented um and they do themed sets so one time they had like you know divas of pop another time it was broadway hits other times it was like 90s whatever um and then you know they'll take requests and it's just this is the bar that was constantly packed always like you had to get there early to be able to get a table either that or it's standing room only um mm. Because it was just, it's beautiful, it's fun, it's classy, it's, this is where we all hang out on the, the ship. Like, I wish they would have made it a bigger space. It's always tough when you, you know, they design a ship and, you know, you just never know what's going to be a big hit, you know? Yeah, what's going to land, what's not. So maybe going forward on the next two ships, they'll right. make this space yep. a little bigger. But it yeah. was just, it was really, really cool. Um, it had something for everybody. It wasn't a loud space it wasn't raucous it was just a nice place to sit relax and enjoy a cocktail um yeah. and you know they'll have you can order snacks and things in there too um what's interesting to me is that they don't have a dance club on this ship mm. um there's no place really to to go and dance they there's a space and now of course i cannot my mind has completely blanked out i cannot think of the name of it but it's two levels and it's what they're using as uh, like an activities area like this is where they did wish quest which is kind of like you know like that mini scavenger hunt they do on the ships yeah um this is where they had like learn how to draw your favorite character um there's a big giant two-story screen in there there's theater seating up top and a bar and movable seating on the bottom there's a little mini stage in there and this is where one night they were doing the silent disco they just kind of moved all the chairs out of the way but it's still not a dance floor it's uh, very silent weird. disco has come to disney cruise line huh? Sir, disney like everything is it kind of like the d lounge maybe on the other ships it's smaller and it's more open air, but huh. it, it that that's this is where they're hosting most of those programs that would have been okay. in the D lounge. Yeah, okay. Um, so there, this is what I think that they're going to try to use as a dance club. But again, there's really not a lot of space in there, so I'd be curious to see on the next two ships if they put a dance space back in. Um, I think they maybe thought 
people didn't want to dance, but I, a lot of people I would see like walking around and like, we, where do we, where's the club? Where do we go? Like, you know, adults want to dance at night. This is what they were looking for. And I think Disney underestimated that hmm. um, because, you know, they're not a party ship. So maybe they thought they didn't need one, but people were looking for it. Um, and then there's also, there's Triton's Lounge and yeah, Triton's Lounge is also another kind of, um, like they have little seats in there. They have a little bar in there and a stage. They were doing karaoke in there one night, but there's no room to like stand up and move around, never mind dancing. Um, and then they also have Keg and Compass right next to all of this. So like, there's several different areas of nightlife, which is cool. It's not all just packed into one area. They're spread mm -hmm. around the ship. Um, but Keg and Compass is going to be like your, your beer situation, your beer. But they have other things there too, but it's very focused on beer and it's more of a pub vibe. But they have so really that like replaces the um, like the Irish pubs on the other ships. Yes. Or, okay, mm -hmm. and it's theme. It's a nautical theme, um, so it's themed after ships. And they're like they're, you know they have like really heavy carved woods and and netting. But they have a lot of fun little Disney uh, Easter eggs. So just like pay attention to the walls and look around. Like it's just it's cute. It's very well done. Um, so they have something for everyone, just not the dancing, which I thought was interesting. So I'm curious to see if going forward they bring that back on the other ships. Yeah, it's probably hard to find balance because I know like on the other ships, you know, you'll go to the nightclub, you know, and some nights it's hopping and other nights like, nobody's there. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. it's a ghost town. Yeah, it just depends. Um, but <laughs> I think it was something that was very specifically miss missing. Um, people were looking for it. So maybe mm -hmm. they can figure out a way to make that one space a little bit bigger. Um, yeah and and do some things in there so who knows we'll see yeah all right well so we're going to do you know movie theaters and entertainment and shows in a future podcast so just in case anybody's panicking like wait she didn't talk about that it's coming it's, it's we'll get there well we really wanted to we wanted to make sure we broke everything down like we know we were getting feedback that you guys really want to get into the details you want details so. resorts yeah. and other destinations so we're, we're trying to break this down and get as specific as we can yeah, yeah. We're, we're going granular <laughs> we're <getting laughs> way down into it yeah um so coming up uh next week we'll get into sort of the entertainment of it all the shows and the movies on board and games and like all that kind of, you know all everything that comes on and heading of entertainment uh will be up next so uh, that does it for this week's episode of the Disney Park Princess podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to visit our website at DisneyParkPrincess.com. If you would like to support this podcast, if you enjoy it, if you would like us to keep making more, then the best way to do that is to support us on Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com slash DisneyParkPrincess. Uh, just sent out the VIP tip yesterday, which was August 1st. Uh, we are pre-recording these, um, just so you guys aren't confused. Um, but once a month, if you are at the $10 or $15 a month level, you get a special email that has super secret hacks and tips uh, for your Disney vacation. So that goes out once a month, as well as everybody gets access, all Patreons get access to our bonus content. Um, I don't know what we're talking about this week. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> uh, but if you are a Patreon member, stay tuned, and that will be coming up next. Um, also coming up in future podcasts, um, both Heather and Charlotte recently got to do VIP tours. And so we're going to get into the nitty gritty of what are the differences between a VIP tour in Walt Disney World versus Disneyland. Um, what does that money get you? You know, um, 
full disclosure, both of these tours were tours that they each won. So they did not actually pay out of pocket for these tours. These were um, prizes <laughs> you know, that they had won. But we do know how much it would have cost. So we can sort of break it down. This is what you, you know, what they would have paid. And this is everything they got to do during that day. So you can figure out whether or not it's something that might be worth it for your family. It, you get more value for it than one might think. <laughs> yeah. um, so those are coming up on future episodes as well. So if you have any questions about those, you can always reach us at info at DisneyParkPrincess.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.